I'll think of some weird dumb idea like, oh, you know, fucking espresso shots. We turn basically anything you can think of into a fucking shot. It's so, easy like, to use. It's easy to take. It's easy to use. Yeah, but like fucking why? It's just like coffee. I need this in my body immediately. Let's make a shot. Yeah, it's efficiency. Yeah. Next, well, it's like a it's like a Jaeger bomb. You you just want call. You just want caffeine and to get drunk at the same time. <laughs> I mean, like people butt chug shit. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, like, I just want it. I want to be as drunk and hard. Yeah. yeah, I want to be as drunk as possible as fast as possible. I, I don't want my dick to work now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what did you? What? What was the original statement? Like, what do you mean by the utility of schizophrenia? I was literally. Oh, the utility of schizophrenia. Basically, I just. Like I I saw the post a long ass time ago, but I remember it was like this Reddit, uh, like oh here did say this thing or whatever the fuck. But it's like this one guy was talking about how, oh what's your superpower? I think that was the uh, like the the prompt, and basically a bunch of people in the comments. But there was this one that stuck out to me. It's like this guy he was aware that he had schizophrenia, and like he okay. understood it's like basically what it was doing to him and so on like command he could conjure up like say like a fucking whiteboard or some shit and just start delusionally really like using like fucking a whiteboard out of nowhere it's like you don't need the whiteboard but you can have the ability to conjure up this thing that you need whenever you need it and the thing is is like if you have the mental capability of understanding that you have schizophrenia can you like harness and use its power <laughs> like fucking gaslight your, Genkai. Yeah, you, <laughs> you can like gaslight yourself into having whatever the fuck you need whenever you need it whatever ability you can have essentially yeah pretty much I, that's why i was just thinking like that's just the utility of schizophrenia you can do so much shit with it it's basically the usage of like a, a physical ram system in your head because it's like whatever is in your subconscious you can probably just spit out into a visual representation or an auditory representation like when you're on a test like anything was talking about last podcast where he's like trying to brain blast like the, <laughs> the, the formulas and like the process that you use the formulas with yeah but the brain thing is, that dude could literally be like fucking tony stark working with like holograms and shit <laughs> but in the in like the real world he's just like <laughs> moving his arms talking to himself <laughs> You know, there's actually something pretty interesting about schizophrenia is that um, I think Terrence McKenna talked about this a little bit was the idea of shamanic schizophrenia of where, halal. Yeah, exactly. Of halal. And the, the whole idea is that schizophrenia as it exists in like Western culture, you know, like in industrialized societies and stuff, it sort of uh, what's it called? It, it behaves a lot differently than schizophrenia in more tribal cultures and stuff like that. So like people who have schizophrenia who are in like those tribal cultures, a lot of the the voices and things that they'll hear, they'll actually be like more supportive and they'll be like more, um, you might be conspiratorial to, to a certain degree. You don't, you know, with in our current like Western schizophrenia, a lot of the voices that people hear are like fucking kill yourself or like you're being watched yeah. or like there's all this shit because going on. Because there's no trust in our society. Yeah, like, I don't, deep I don't know down, I would assume. Yeah, probably the more complicated it com it becomes, the more that you worry. So yeah. I think schizophrenia in like a super developed society is probably a lot more uh, overbearing than something mm -hmm. where you're basically just like picking berries and hunting. Yeah, maybe because you have like so much more access to information and like that much that greater amount of access. Like if you don't go into it, there's like so much left that you don't know. Whereas like I feel like if you're in the tribe, it's like you're OK with not knowing. Yeah, I, I, know. I just imagine because it's it's like being Wraith. 
from Apex. <laughs> it's just the voices in your head like, look behind you. Like, Someone's wow. watching you. I was like, oh, thanks. What? <laughs> thanks, me. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the time, too, it's probably, um, it's they're probably considered like prophets a lot of the time. Because oh, like, yeah, oh, I'm hearing the are. voice of God yeah. just because, you know, I, I, I might have actually heard the voice of God. Yeah. Because I'm schizophrenic. <laughs> it's like, I know that's not me. <laughs> Speaking of me, welcome to the No Thought Podcast. I'm me. I'm me. I'm me. And we're me. We're <laughs> us. Together we make me. Something that I wanted to bring up a while ago before um, it, it was like a big news back then was like the whole idea of the dislike button on YouTube and, oh, other, yeah. and other platforms. I think it's stuff. really important for like uh, at least self-reflection, but it can also fall into its own trap of just being overtly toxic. Well, I yeah. think the I think the people who make the videos they could still see the thumbs down. Oh, but dude. like it's just not public. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because we can see who like dislikes the video or whatnot. Yeah, we know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> but like the, the central idea with it, specifically regarding YouTube, and, and this could be applied to a lot of other uh, social media platforms and other platforms that have you know feedback like that. But the the central idea is like with the dislike button, having a dislike and a like button. It's it's kind of difficult to gauge what your viewer base actually enjoys if you don't have that kind of feedback. And oh, yeah. when in, when the original decision was made by YouTube to remove the dislike button, I was pretty skeptical at first. I thought it was kind of a dumb decision. I still but do. in reality, I think it's probably a less toxic way to get feedback back. Because if you have a video that has 2 million views and only like 200 likes or something like that, it's I think it's pretty... Uh, indicative that it was like a bad video. Yeah. I think you can still gauge that without the dislike button. Mm -hmm. And then like you guys said previously, you can also still see the dislike button from the, the viewer's Creator, point. yeah. Yeah, I don't generally dislike videos because it's like, if I didn't enjoy your video, I'm going to stop watching within the first minute, which like yeah. your analytics will tell you that like, 47% of people who watch this video stopped within the first 15 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. Uh, that's like stats that you're told. I think I enjoy YouTube for the fact that they do give you a bunch of like channel analytics, mm -hmm. which is like really just really good to know for your own personal feedback. But the idea of removing the dislike button entirely or at least I feel like the change should only be made where like I think they've done it really well where it's like the public shouldn't be able to see like ratio. It stops like a ratio. <laughs> <laughs> they ban, they have a global ban of ratio. <laughs> You're not allowed to ratio anybody, <laughs> especially NFT profile picture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Her protected class. <laughs> I think it's it stops like a hive mind mentality too because if a lot of people hate this video and you can see like the lightsaber, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a lot of people, if I saw a video that was heavily disliked and I also disliked it, I would probably be more inclined to dislike it. Up on the bandwagon. Yeah. yeah. Rather than like if I, in, if I enjoyed the video or if I uh, did not enjoy the video. I usually don't even hit the like button. Yeah, I don't know. I'm either. kind of a I'm kind of a shit viewer. Yeah, I, <laughs> I use my likes playlist as like a literal song playlist. So I mm -hmm. like I've mm -hmm. immediately ruled out the possibility of me liking a video genuinely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't use the like button because I hate it. No, it's because I I have a bunch of songs in my like playlist and they're from like years back but still it's like it's a good list of music that i have you have like a full like a full like three hour playlist of music and then randomly there's just a fucking <laughs> like a an indian dude teaching Going you how to code and black no, 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 that's not what i was oh, thinking I was, 
because I'm just saying it's from years ago. It's probably some like Black Ops 2 music video. Yeah, not music you like to be racist back in the day. I mean, like I enjoyed, <laughs> a, I enjoyed a lot of racist com- content uh, back in the day. I still kind, I still kind of do because I enjoy the, <laughs> I enjoy the edgy humor that it has because I understand it's within the context of being humorous. It can also be done right. Yeah, it, you know? yeah. Like Dave Chappelle, like he's a very, very edgy and like. disregarding like the transphobic shit that you said like more recently but like his his comedy uh, historically has all been extremely funny but extremely fucking edgy yeah it's like race oriented most of the time yeah a lot of the time yeah I don't think I've I don't I don't think I've grown past edgy edgy humor even though we've talked about in the past was like yeah I'm post edge (laughs) (laughs) well like I'm I'm post edge in the sense that like and I don't think I ever really thought that this was funny, but like some people think that just saying the N word is funny or oh, like, yeah. or yeah. The, I, I, I mean, do just, sometimes think it's, it's funny. Like you hop into a lobby, all of a sudden you just, the first thing that's it's shock spouted yeah, from that, like a 10, 10 year old's mouth, it's yeah. just like the N word. And you're like, what well, that's but that's this? funny because of the absurdity of it. It's like, holy <laughs> yeah. shit, this 10 year old just called me a fucking racial slur. Like, does he even know how to wipe yeah. his ass yet? Like, what the fuck? Does he know what that word means? <laughs> Definitely not. Or they do, and they just don't give a fuck. Yeah, there, I mean, that's the shock value of a lot of that stuff, which I, you know, it's like edgy humor like that. It, it, it lies between, it lies in a lot of people's hearts as something that is like genuinely hilarious. And when the idea of quote unquote cancel culture calming for the, a lot of these creators and uh, comedians who use this kind of humor, it's like, it, it, there's a it's a it's a context. We talk about this with the same hide situation as well, where it's like you can be funny and edgy at the same time, but you have to know limits. You have yeah. to know when you're you know actually marginalizing a group or you're using oh, yeah. someone's you know detriment to your own benefit. And I also, think the ta- uh, the taboo taboo nature of like edge humor. I'm I'm not saying edgy anymore. I'm just gonna call edge. edge humor. We're just edging all the time. <laughs> but uh, it, when you edge, <laughs> but the, but the fact that it is like oh, it's like this. You got to keep it on the down low yeah. kind of thing. I, I believe that adds to like the the value that it has because it has to be used yeah, more probably. tastefully. It's like calling someone a cunt. You can't just say the word cunt casually unless you're australian that's very (laughs) Uh, but you can't just say that kind of thing as an insult to someone casually like i save the word cunt for when i really really mean it when they deserve it when they when you truly deserve it it needs to have the shock value to it it. needs to have that punch if you use it all the time it loses its punch Yeah. yeah do you guys have have words that you reserve for very special occasions yeah but i'm not gonna bring them up on the podcast no i'm kidding i'm kidding but um Obviously, Arsler, I still say sometimes. And I. At least you're honest. Yeah, no. And a lot of people that I know that still use it are actively trying not to use it. <laughs> yeah. Which I, is, I guess, a good thing, but also a bad thing that you use it as a safe, a safe quip. Yeah. We'll get <laughs> a safety, safety quip. quip. <laughs> yeah, that one gets full points. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's like <laughs> that's the last line of defense on slurs. Is, is when, I, when I have that's no <laughs> other options, I'm backed into a corner. It comes out. I get vicious. <laughs> it's my fight or corner. flight. It's my natural <laughs> response, you know? There's also like public and private context because I feel like we need to completely like divide the line between a public versus a private uh, identity. 
essentially I mean, I don't, too. I don't really think in terms of your own privacy. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like what you say and do on your, on your private occasions, I don't think there should be a difference because I, what you purpose, it's like, who, who are you? Like if we stop doing the podcast right now, we're not going to be, you know, spawning racial slurs or mm-hmm. saying the R word or anything we'll like speak that. For yourself. Yeah, no, no. We, 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 no. <laughs> not us, not me. No, I, I, I guess you, you're saying, you guys I think, no, uh, but I think like, um, I think Alex is right in a sense that there is, there are some jokes that you can say like in public and like be okay with that. But then there's other jokes that I would just say in private to like close friends, you know, because like if you say them in public, it's like depending on who you're talking to or who's listening, you may, you may not know. And so they could take that joke and run with it a way that you may not wanted them to, or or like, you know, like, like the whole like iDubs thing, like he had, I don't think iDubs is like a racist person at all, really, but he had that whole arc where he would be saying the, n-word f-slur like yeah. as a as a joke or whatever as, for like joke. his uh his yeah. viewer base yeah and and his some of his viewers though were legitimately racist and just using that as like a backup like oh it's just a joke i'm just saying a joke but it's like no you're being racist you know like you're using it to be racist because it's like your favorite youtuber did it or whatever well you know? do you think idubs himself is using it i don't i see i think the the idea of him using it in general is bad no i i do well like i I agree that doing that maybe in general might be bad, but I think in a private setting with the right people, it could be done well. Like if you have someone that you're comfortable with, like saying it, if you were like in a group of like all white people and you were like, you said that it'd be really weird, but like, I don't know. I think the, I think just the usage of it in general is not good. Like those words are things that are purposely meant to demean other people. And I know there's a lot of like, uh, harsh swear words that don't have any racial or derogatory meaning like cunt or whatever like Alex was talking oh, about earlier. sexist meaning but yeah I, don't I mean not is it does yeah. it a lot like, of a lot of does. women perceive it as sexist yeah yeah okay um because like the same thing with the word bitch yeah that's coming to be a and, lot and, more of a uh mm-hmm. like you it's it's one of those words that's kind of like if you use it in uh, specifically describing like a woman it's yeah. kind of like eh. yeah I'm just <laughs> quoting um uh, what's the fucking show fucking Jesse Pinkman fucking uh Breaking Bad. Breaking yeah, Bad. holy shit. I literally blanked on that. Yes, but uh fucking takes on the world. <laughs> but uh it, like the the thing between that public and the in the private uh division is like uh, with you guys, I have literally years of context between between mm-hmm. all of us, right? So there is that level of you understand the context exactly what I'm trying to say because we have those years of context with each other. It's not like I'm all of a sudden racist. It's just like, well, you know, there's these these multiple years you've been with me that it's like, oh, you know, this this kind of thing is within my my line of humor. And that establishes the context of, say, some joke that I would make. I'm not saying I am racist. I'm, I'm also not <laughs> saying that I say a lot of racist jokes. <laughs> I mean, the, th- but, uh, the thing know. is, like, uh, it's back to the public and private thing, because why would you say those things in a public setting, but not in, or why would you say those things in a private setting, but not in a public setting? Well, because they so here's those a, years of context. Here's an example. But like, I don't think that matters in terms of the actual usage of the word. Let me give you, let me give you an example. Does. All right. As a bisexual male with some gay friends, sometimes we'll call each other the F slur. Right. Yeah, in private, I would do that and I would call them the F slur and they would call me the F slur. And it's like, it's a meme. It's a joke between us. It's like, it's whatever. We're gay or whatever. But you have but the like, context of you being able to say that. Like, yeah. I, if I said that to you, that would be like bad. Yeah. But even, I think, even if you were to say that, like, I, I think, well, one, you're my friend. I, I think it would be a little different if you were, depending on the context. 
You know, like it, it, there could be a joke that You're I could hear you the say podcast the podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. I think there could be a joke where you say the F slur, and it could be funny. It just all depends on like on the context. It's got to be I mean? a good joke. It, yeah, it just it has to be timed well, <laughs> and it has to be like not something that's like legitimately offensive. It's like you know, like oh, what do you? you like to eat steak, you fucking F slur, you know, it's like, I don't know, just something silly, something stupid. But like the, um, I think that if you were like in public and you were calling your friends the F slur and shit, or if you had a public platform and you were calling your friends the F slur or whatever, then that it kind of gives other people like, it gives them leeway to either call you homophobic or like use those jokes themselves in context where it's not good. But you know also I mean? with cancel culture, that gives you the ability to ratio them in return. <laughs> True. It's like, bro, I'm gay ratio. And then <laughs> done literally argument over. The thing is too, like, I don't think it matters what kind of audience you're doing that with because you can have context. Like if we had the same 30 viewers for five years and we we're making the same kind of jokes. 30, what, we, more like five. <laughs> well, I'm just saying in, in terms terms of like, I don't know, longevity or whatever. Fair enough. But it's just like, if we had the same, uh, you know, small viewer base and we were using the same kind of jokes, at what point is that not like private or public then? Mm. Because if you were saying that to me and maybe we didn't know, he's, uh, maybe we didn't know each other as well as we have, but we have just recently become friends and you were using those words with me, I would get the same idea that you think uh, like doing it publicly, someone mm -hmm. would get. So if I would, if you were like saying the F slur, um, like abundantly, I would be able to say, oh, well, he, he's okay using it. So I could probably use it in other settings. And I know that's kind of like a, like a bird brain take because I have, I obviously understand there's a lot of context to it, especially you being, you know, bisexual. It's like, because like the thing is, is like uh, the reason why I would just disagree is because even though we might have like a small insular community, it's still like a public platform that exists. You yeah, know, I mean, anyone, anyone can, anyone yeah. can watch those videos. We can say whatever we want, but it's just like, if you are comfortable with saying things that probably shouldn't be said on a public platform publicly, like there's just a lot of things that people could take with it. Like, for example, even just something like with vaccines or something, if you said something that was kind of ignorant or like, uh, what's it called? There I mean, a, we've made jokes before, like acting like yeah. uh, like conspiracy QAnon people. And yeah. I obviously understand that that could be misconstrued in a lot of ways because they're like, oh, yeah, they they advocate mm -hmm. for that kind of stuff, even but though see, it's not it, true. It's our responsibility at that point as a quote unquote comedians to establish the proper context for that joke to go yeah. by like under the radar, I guess, where, you know, it, it doesn't spur any red flags. It's it's the whole point of the, the joke is to get along the point that you aren't racist while also making a racist joke or, you know, yeah, cause something with, like with that. like vaccine stuff, we point out how stupid that is. Yes. You know, we're, we're never like, we this is a, this is a legitimate point of view. Yeah. We've, we've kind of established like, you know, with past things that we've said, like, you know, obviously, well, I hope, I'd hope obviously we're not <laughs> racist or sexist or whatever, yeah. but like, you know, um, we're also maybe there's in an echo chamber. There's there's clips that you can make where it looks like we are. <laughs> yeah, like someone could do an out of context uh, oh, like yeah. compilation of us and just like <laughs> yeah, someone oh, could fucking, do that. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, we just Unless be we do ruined. It first, then we just <laughs> yeah, we, we take the, the reins in. Mm -hmm. We are racist. We're coming yeah. out as racist right now. <laughs> Here are all of our out of context clips of us being racist. Can we get a racist compilation on YouTube? <laughs> I don't think we've said a lot of things that can be misconstrued as racist. I no, think we've said way no. more things that can be mis misconstrued as QAnon bullshit. 
I mean, that's the thing though, is like how how far are we willing to go with a lot of these jokes before people start to think that we actually are perpetrating yeah. these ideals? Because we perpetrate them as jokes because we laugh about it or we'll we'll do a funny voice mm-hmm. on top of it. I feel like there's a point when you like triple, quadruple, pentuple down on a joke <laughs> or it, it ends up being actual hardcore irony. And like, that's that's the thing the entire, like, we have like, a lot of ironic humor so it's like what's the difference between us saying these kinds of jokes uh, between us which is obviously we understand the context take uh take super mega for example where they themselves have been doing essentially just the bit of being like these uh right-wing republicans yeah for, they do a, <laughs> but for they, like years but they do the same thing where they do like a silly voice on top of it Here's the thing is that they've been doing it for so long that they no longer need to do that funny voice because they've established within their own narrative that this is a joke. Mm-hmm. So, but don't you think that new viewers could come in? They they totally can. It can yeah. be totally misconstrued. But then th- their their comment section is also like immaculate. Really, where it is, they've like internalized this whole like inside joke in a form that basically anyone can kind of understand and it's really interesting to see how the community has like made their way in on the joke as well and it's just it's fucking beautiful i love that shit i think another point to make about these kinds of comedians is the fact that like a lot of the time there's uh there's a disconnect between what they actually believe and these jokes that they're making i mean obviously we do it all the time too or like these kinds of jokes that we talk about yeah um, obviously don't reflect our actual worldview. Mm-hmm. But it's it's something like, how far are you, I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but like how far are you willing to go with these kinds of jokes before it, it becomes like you're perpetrating your worldview? Yeah. The whole way. That, well, <laughs> I, I think like, it um, it's really tough. I, it's, what's it called? It's like irony poisoning. It's like what happened to Gamers Rise Up and those other like meme super ironic subreddits is that they just, they went so far um into like an ironic sense that they like actual well i don't even think it's that it's just that uh actual like radical you know alt-right type people they just, just saw attracting it they, the wrong yeah, crowd. They, they saw it as like an opportunity well like hey i could actually just use all this irony posting to actually just post like my legitimate beliefs because at this point you know who the fuck knows right because like at first gamers rise up was literally just a meme subreddit mm-hmm. that you know like they would make like ironically sexist shit with fucking joker top text yeah. bottom text and then images. it became a real thing. yeah and then they like started posting like, 13, to that stuff. like 1350 memes and shit like that and it's like holy fuck what's yeah. wrong with you people yeah at, at that point it's like you're you're using the talking points of like extremists to perpetrate your own yeah. ideology so it's like what is that how does that not make you an extremist in that point you know i feel like once you start justifying your ideology with memes is a point when you've gone too far <laughs> <laughs> well it's like how if you say something extremely racist and then go oh it's a joke it's, a it's like yeah it's it, like it, how 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 are you able to you know convince somebody that it's a joke without yeah, just seeming also, like an idiot with that if that's truly your your world views and you have to revert back to it's a joke it completely like delegitimizes any argument that you have in the statement in the first place because clearly you don't have any confidence mm-hmm. in what you're saying yeah. you don't have any saying power well, with what you're trying I, to say because you're like oh it's a joke and instantly you're invalidated of your opinion because you don't believe what you're saying i don't even think it's that i think people say it's a joke because they don't want to 
face the uh, consequences. The, the consequences of what they, they actually said. Because they don't want to like, deal with an yeah. actual discussion. Yeah, because it, it's easy to just say some really fucked up shit and be like, it was just a joke, bro. You're taking it too seriously. Just that's calm what Tim down. Pool did. We talked about that a while yeah, ago it, about a Holocaust thing. Dude, that's what like fucking a ton of people do. And like, they, it doesn't even need to be like sexist or something. It could be something that's just like really personal to you and they'll say it and it'll be like legitimately hurtful but they'll just like it's a joke it's a joke I don't want to talk like it's just a joke but it's like shut yeah. the fuck up you know um, and about the thing that you said about like you know when does a, you know when does it become too much it's just like it's really hard to to tell because it's like there will I, I don't be this kind I, of I don't dichotomy you, I don't think you can know until you have gone too far you know yeah, what I mean? the, there is no really like there is no gray area. It's just like fine line. And then once you've crossed, you're in it. And you're just like, fuck. Well, no, I think, I think it, it is all very gray. <laughs> yeah, all it's, of it's, it's gray. very, very gray. It's and then there's like the, the, the <laughs> blackest line ever that you just cross. Yeah. There's you a, look back and it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm in the abyss now. I'm in the racism abyss. <laughs> I'm in the racism void. <laughs> I think this should encourage people who make a lot of these kinds of jokes to form their own kinds of like legitimate and well-founded opinions yeah. on the world. Because if you don't have these views and you're literally just memeing your way through life, you don't have an actual, you know, idea that you're trying to perpetrate. Yeah, you don't have any like, principles. Be well if, informed about the shit you believe that just makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I believe in a lot of things. I'm a very political person. What? So it's like, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you mean? <laughs> to be fair, you said I believe on a lot of things. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's my worldview. Well, no, but I'm not going to say it's, it's just grammar. It's just grammar. You would say I believe in a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I. <laughs> I don't want to construe myself as someone who thinks that everything I'm saying is a factual. Oh. I, I believe that there's a lot of things that I could say to support my worldview. But what I'm saying is, if you don't have this kind of worldview, you don't have an actual way or morality that's guiding you in a certain direction. You're wrong. Making these jokes kind of don't, it, it could be misconstrued as racist pretty much instantly. Because if you don't have anything to say, oh, well, you know, I actually do care about these kinds of people. Or, I, I you know, yeah. I don't want to make jokes that go too far or anything like that then it kind of just means nothing. Mm -hmm. Which is something that I think everyone who makes those kind of jokes should, you know, pay attention to not only themselves, but everything that is going yeah. on. Because if something happened like, you know, uh, you know, in an extreme case, like a genocide of a certain kind of person, yeah. and you still make jokes about, you know, saying certain words or, um, you know, the detriment of those people, it's like, that's just in bad taste. Yeah. Yeah, you you have to know your audience. You know, there, there are certain jokes that I wouldn't tell around certain people because I know like how it might how they might read it and how they might uh digest it you know so I think it's just like it's it is all about knowing you know what what are your core principles what do you want to believe like do you want to make people feel like shit yeah uh, from your jokes or do you want to make people laugh you yeah. know what I mean there's just like certain filters <laughs> that are put in a place where I, I feel like that the filters are exactly why we need to have the uh to loop back to the original uh, thing where it's like you need to have that public space and the private space separate because those filters basically determine what you can say. I mean, I understand that point, but my my main argument was at what point does it become too too much of like a I have to keep this hidden from other people kind of thing? Because it's like how far are you willing to go with that? I don't think like, it's, you know? I don't think it's really like keeping it hidden. It's just like being aware of who's listening listening. And like, you know, like if we let's just say we had a million subscribers or something, or mm -hmm. like we were getting hundreds of thousands of views on every video or whatever, you know, that might make you think twice about saying a particular joke or making or like doing a particular meme because mm -hmm. it's just like there are so many people listening. It's like holy shit. 
you know, what are they going to think if I say this? What are they going to believe based on these words that I'm saying? Do they understand that I'm joking? Do they understand that I'm being ironic? You know, I think that's like kind of an important uh thing to consider that's why that's where i would think about like the public versus private that's, i mean that's shit, the look, only look at hassan hassan's like uh, constantly under a microscope <laughs> of everything that he says because of like the community that he's created it's just when you start amassing a bunch of people who are watching you you're no longer working in that a small tight-knit like oh i'm with my friends kind of thing it's yeah. now i'm you're you're working under the actual guise of a of like a public figure. Mm -hmm. You are essentially, you know, like well, it's not part, under the guise. You are a public oh, yeah. figure. Yeah. Uh, but you are essentially a public figure, and you have to realize that the things that you say will affect even like even a small amount of people potentially negatively. Mm -hmm. So like it might be fine for ninety nine percent of your community, but that one percent who's going to like take it too far and understand that you know not understand that this is a joke. You have to worry about that. But also, do you assume the responsibility of those people who can't pick up on the context of those actions? Yeah, that's a good think, point because the the whole uh, like the thing with him uh, or his mods rather calling somebody a cracker. It's like that may be funny in the community, but from a you know under a a larger scope, if you're looking at it in a greater worldview, I don't think you should be able to just say that kind of stuff because it is. Uh, demeaning to a certain race and everything. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, I have my own opinions on the word cracker. I don't think it's honestly that bad, but I think that's uh, it, that's a certain word that I think is getting a lot of attention right now because of its kind of, you know, it could be interpreted as this way or in this way. Yeah. And I he mean, has his own arguments for saying that it doesn't really mean anything. It's basically <laughs> the same thing as calling somebody a Yankee or a honky. We've been yeah. demonetized already. <laughs> yeah, we've been demonetized I, forever. I think, um, I don't know, because like with Hassan, there's like, you when you get to a certain point it's just like you said things that you say are going to leave your community and they're going to echo throughout like a lot of different spaces like i there was a, a while ago where um hassan said something like <clears throat> america deserved 9-11 <laughs> like he, he said that verbatim i'm pretty sure and honestly it's it's a defensible quote because you can say things like well we founded the mujahideen who like became the fucking uh who some of those people became the taliban and it, it, like there's an argument also, to say yeah, that it we, is a consequence of the actions yeah, that we did yeah it and it's like just it's, it's a really a, edgy way to say yeah. it you know and so like i th he literally got shown on like fox news mm -hmm. and shit like that like he was big news for yeah. that yeah because he's like one of the biggest uh, American streamers or whatever. And, and he's he like, America deserved 9-11. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure after that, he became like one of the most viewed uh, political twist streamers. No bad publicity. Yeah. <laughs> you know what they say. I mean, the thing is with comedy in general, it's always uh, a, it's, if, if it's not a, a good joke makes some makes fun of something that is realistic. Mm -hmm. And what he was talking about there is realistic. Like we did do a lot of the shit that basically led to yeah. 9 11. Well, I don't so, think that was a joke. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a joke. Because <laughs> he was like, I remember the clip. I'm pretty sure I was watching the stream. He was literally like, you know what? I'm going to fucking say it. America <laughs> deserved 9 11. And yeah. It, it was honestly kind of hilarious. But like, because he also, he was watching, um, something with uh oh what's his name it's this senator who has like an eye patch because he, <laughs> he, like he lost it super villain <laughs> well he, he he lost it in uh in a gunfight or something like that you i don't even this know guy the whole has thing. power <laughs> <Something> <laughs> like that. holy shit and um and 
uh, Hassan made a joke. It was an actual joke where he was like, um, something about the brave Mujahideen fighters of Afghanistan fucking his eye hole or something oh like God. that. And it's like, holy yeah. shit. I don't know if bro. that one lands well, but <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I didn't do it justice because I do. He worded it better. And I do think like to an extent you can make certain jokes about like that's extreme. Uh, yeah. About people like because losing be fair, eyes, I think. Well, no, it's not even that because uh, I think making jokes about that is kind of fucked up. Uh, but the like son's ableist it's uh, a little bit <laughs> in, that, in that case yeah because imagine if someone was like oh you don't have legs i'm gonna i'm gonna fuck the stump or some shit yeah. like that it's yeah, like it's just grossly there's a problem with like making those types of jokes because you capture people who weren't meant to be part of it yeah. you know what i mean because people will make fun of or people will find it funny not for the like the extreme or shock value mm -hmm. they'll be like yeah that's fucking funny because fuck disabled yeah. people it's yeah. like that's not correct that's they'll not the right it, yeah. take to come by i think there's a dichotomy with that with literally any kind of humor and i think mm -hmm. just because cancel culture ex exists now which i think is just a byproduct of social media and how in interconnected a lot of people are it's like people who aren't necessarily in a lot of communities see the publicity of these kinds of uh, of these kinds of extreme jokes, yeah. and they go, "Well, that, that that isn't funny. That doesn't make sense because mm -hmm. they don't have a lot of the context." To it's like reading a headline of Hassan saying that America deserved nine yeah. eleven. They don't know the context behind what you know. Like you know, why maybe he have, said it, yeah, why he said it. Uh, yeah. Even the uh, historical context of America. Yeah. It's Twitch like a nine clip. second clip out of like yeah. A Twitch clips don't do it any justice no. either because you literally can just go in, take those nine seconds of like them saying something, and then you cut out yeah. the entirety it's of the lead chimping. up. Yeah, you, you yeah. cut out the entirety of the lead up and the follow through and you just have this out of context saying of just like, you know, Hassan saying, you know, America deserved 9-11. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there, it probably was, you know. Or fucking an eye hole. Yeah, fucking an eye hole. <laughs> just like stuff like that. But you can just strip, go in and like remove the context. It's just, yeah, you provide people the ability to remove context and that's a bad move. Yeah, that's a, I mean, it's a powerful move because you can basically destroy someone's platform by a good chunk or just by taking them out of context. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. where, you know, cancel culture, I think in general is a good thing because it keeps people in check about what they can say before they get too ironic or too racy. Um, but it's know. also a double-edged sword because you have a lot of people who generally are pretty innocent and something could be taken out of context. There's also just like a lot of fucking crazy people on social media that yeah. like have hate boners for yeah. a fuck ton of people and we'll just like it purposefully try and clip them out of context and make them look like do shit. Do you remember the nature man on Twitter who would always post nature man. Uh, he it was a while ago he was some guy who posted a lot of it was the first video they posted that he got super popular off of was him with a deer and he was like it was a certain deer or pack of deer that he was always with. Yeah I think nope. I, and he like didn't he feed them and shit yeah, and he, he would like he, talk he, to them. It was weird because yeah. he was literally like a Disney princess where all <laughs> yeah. these animals were just attracted yeah. to him. It was honestly a skill but something came out about him like maybe a year and a half after he was famous for a little bit where he had like some uh he was saying something about nazis or like uh nazi propaganda mm. it was, he was 14 at the time it was it seemed like a joke and i don't think he you know uh i don't think he perpetrated the same kind of beliefs that he did at you know after he became famous and everything yeah. but it was it was something that like it uh, cancel culture came after him um honestly probably uh unwittingly it was probably something that he didn't really deserve because mm -hmm. i mean he was what 23 at the time 22 23 and it, it was 
dude, I've said some really fucked up shit in my teen years. Yeah, I've, I've I saved a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm everyone just waiting has, for the yeah. right moment. I think it's one of those things where, it, you know, it's just your internet presence coming back to bite you, which yeah. is something I wanted to talk about as well, like internet privacy in general. Because we've been very open on our, our platform here, like the yeah. podcast. We've talked about our sexuality. We've talked about our own history. Um, and but it's I just also, like, I feel like the things that we've shared are things that are just kind of acceptable in the first place to share. Yeah, I mean, it, I think they're personal and not to a degree that's like oversharing or anything mm -hmm. like that. By the way, my mom's maiden name is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my social, social security. security. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's that yeah. kind of internet identity where you don't know how much is actually going to come back to bite you in the ass yeah. later on. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. And like, I don't think we've said anything here that's going to come back to well, bite Who us, knows, but. like... When like an Xbox Live message you sent like fucking <laughs> yeah. twenty years ago is gonna come back. It's like this is what he said. This is his gamer tag. I've traced. I've tracked his IP yeah, all the way. To, here's where he lives. It's like what? Look, what, bro, what the fuck do I do then? Gears of War three was a stressful time in my life. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Something exactly. he was just lagging everywhere. <laughs> he fucking deserved it. He could kill, I couldn't fucking kill him. It's that kind of shit. Where it's he called like, my yeah. mom a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he said he fucked her. Yeah. He said he fucked her. He said he was my like, So, oh, one, one thing I wanted to bring up. Um, I, this kind of coincides with the internet privacy thing, but it was also building off of like what you said earlier about cancel culture being a symptom of social media or something. Mm -hmm. I personally think that cancel culture has existed um, like all throughout human history. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. It's oh, just, of course. It's, it's just, just it's it, easier to do now yeah. through well, the I don't uh, even, social media. I don't even know about that. It's just... Um, How is it not easier to do well, now? Because I think it's... Uh, what I think is uh, different about it is that it's just... Um, uh, I think the stakes are a little lower because back in the day, I think cancel cancel culture, quote unquote, would have been something like the fucking Salem witch trials or like lynching or something like that. And that, mm -hmm. that you might be able be saying like, oh, well, that's like, you know, that's a weird comparison to make. But it's like it's kind of the same toxic like it, hatred I mean, of the others the bar you know, for canceling yeah. people has lowered essentially what, yeah what you're saying. Be, okay. well, i don't think it's that extreme uh, though i think comparing it to something that no I, I don't people. i don't think it's extreme that's what i'm saying like it it's not as extreme as it is to or as it was back then that's what i'm saying but like that's just mob culture in general i don't think holding people accountable is the same thing as something like lyn well, lynching or what do you mean by holding someone accountable because literally that would be the same justification that the lynch mobs would use to to fucking hang Emmett Till. Well, we were just holding him accountable because he fucking whistled or whatever they accused him of uh, to that girl. I mean, the thing is, yeah, there is there. It's like, where do you define it? Because it's all in your own personal worldview. But in general, I think perpetrating those kinds of I think we're using it in the opposite context where we're using it more of a safety reason rather than we need to kill this person reason or deplatform. We're not saying that. Well, they would have said, said it was for safety, too. That's the thing. Like, well, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like these justifications because it cancel culture, it targets the wrong people a lot of the time. Like it, it genuinely does. I, I do think that there is some legitimacy, like holding someone accountable to what they say. And like, if you don't want to hear them or you want to publish things about them that are bad, mm -hmm. I think it's probably pretty justified. And I think that, um, it can be, uh, useful and good in a lot of circumstances, but there are those elements where it's like, there are just people who have like this vitriolic hatred for someone and they're just like fucking like clip chimping yeah. them or just like taking everything out of context or like compiling like these fucking crazy Google docs that are like 
35 pages long of like every possible mm-hmm. bad thing they've done in their entire history. It's like that same kind of culture that existed with like the Salem witch trials, well, that like makes, watching out for those people. I think a big difference though is like a large portion of the people who were doing Salem witch trials or lynch mm-hmm. mobs were those kind of uh, hyper-focused psychotic individuals were a majority of it while cancel culture today is like a minority in that case. Like the idea hey, of the people What do you mean being, by a, mi- a, mi- a minority? Well, the people that are psychotic compiling these Google Docs and like trying to get people deplatformed are most people who, I mean, the general public of quote unquote cancel culture aren't these, you know, modern lynch mobs. They're just people who don't like this person having a a platform. Mm -hmm. Like Joe Rogan with the whole vaccine uh, misinformation that he's putting out now, he's probably going to start mentioning about how cancel culture is coming for him because of his opinions. And it's like, I consider myself a part of the cancel culture in that sense because mm-hmm. I don't want him to have a platform where he's spreading this kind of information. Yeah. To, but I'm not also I'm not these I'm not the people compiling Google Docs and yeah. uh, with the psychotic hyper focused nature on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, to, well, to be clear, I don't think like the hatred against Joe Rogan is like something that require or like not necessarily hatred, but like the dislike of Joe Rogan and his platform. I don't think you have to be a psychotic individual to have that opinion. But like the but what I'm saying is that. Because I don't know necessarily even if people in the Salem witch trials, that they were all like those psychotic hyper focus on witch behavior shit. I mean, we weren't alive in the 17th. No, I wasn't. But but what I'm thinking is that there probably were a minority of fucking psychos who people just kind of latched onto because it's easy. You Mm -hmm. know, if they're if they put enough info out there that might seem damning, they're like, okay, I can hop on this. This seems kind of bad. I think that exists with the same way that cancel culture exists today. Yeah. Where like there's going to be those weird psychos who say some crazy shit. And then there's going to be a fuck ton of people who are normal who might just hear it kind of down the grapevine and just jump on it. Yeah. And like, I think those types of things are bad, but I think like there is a, an area of, what some people would call cancel culture that is good in that we are holding people accountable and like you know like it's fucking, probably what is the majority name? of cancel culture there's yeah, also like a maybe i don't know if that's true though like it, the, it, it, in most cases it's always going to be the vocal minority that will end up being the spokes the spokesperson for the group as well so it's just you going under that you know guy not the guys but like that that route of information and just knowing that the idea of what we are talking about as cancel culture is we aren't talking about the extremist minority where we should be talking about the majority of cancel culture, which in their own defense are probably most oftentimes correct. It's just the, the relevancy of the information that they collect like matters, right? Well, I don't The reason why I just kind of don't think it's like, I, I think like, a lot of the time it ends up being bad is because a lot of corporations are under the the eye of the market you know like they mm-hmm. they'll they'll make a lot of decisions um you like know removing if, the dislike button or not no not like that but like they'll make decisions based on like social media backlash and stuff like that yeah you know so like if there was like a um it gives one, people the ability example, to cover up too when other people get exposed. Yeah. Well, like one example that I could think of is there was this concert that um that these people were trying to put on that Astro World. <laughs> no. <laughs> Travis Scott deserves to be canceled for that one. Yeah, kind of does. Um but like I forget what the concert was called, but it was it was some weird like uh, it was a show that was supposed to be held in a tattoo shop. And it was just um it was like these local uh fucking like these weird rappers that just, they were like meme rappers on Twitter and they kind of got like a small following in this one community. And a lot of people 
they've they like didn't like them for some reason and i i don't remember the the total the complete uh reasons why but i remember them not being that serious at all yeah. but like literally um once they heard about this show being started they would uh there was a ton of people on twitter that were like calling up all the venues and like the people uh like the the job of the person who was organizing the event and like got them fired and like got their life destroyed Jesus. and it's like but for what reason because they were holding a concert with people they didn't like that was the reason like I, I don't see the thing is i i would technically consider that cancel culture but that's the thing though is like I think there is a double-edged sword to uh, cancel culture in general nowadays because I think there's a lot of checks and balances that we have now with how widespread the internet is. People are very opinionated. So if something was unnecessarily canceled like that idea, you and I, uh, you and I clearly understand that that is ridiculous. Cancel culture yeah. just needs to go through a, a development but, cycle. It's relatively new. It still needs to work out all the kinks and its idea. Well, that was ideology point that yeah, it wasn't. I, I don't think it is new. I think it's just that like it's I think it's probably easier to do, like you said, because it's just there's a larger platform. There's more opportunities. To I do. think eventually there will be a good uh, uh, one that isn't a double-edged <laughs> sword. Yeah, a very, a very efficient, that's, well, it's the <laughs> objective morality sense again, because it's like, eventually, there will be a time where we understand what is right and what is wrong, rather than a and bunch of opinion. it will be easier to cancel these individuals, yeah, if, because if, they if truly deserve it, rather than, I, it just needs to evolve. It needs to catch up with the times that we're in, uh, I, th I feel. Do you guys think that we're always evolving towards something better? Not towards something better, but we are all all always evolving. Yeah, we're always evolving, but towards something better is what I'm at, is what I mean, is what matters. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty so. plenty of times when it just like look at biology of like animals and stuff and like well that in that case if we're talking about purely no, I, biological I, no, 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 I'm gonna no, no, say no, no. Hold on. I'm not stop, talking about stop, biology stop yeah. stop <laughs> let me finish the fucking statement <laughs> yeah, cut him off again cut him off again cut him off again and the podcast come okay but like if we look at even like the biology of animals, there are plenty of times where just like they have this evolution, this mutation, and it survives, and it's just it's fucking awful. Like it, it, it kills useless. Them. Yeah. It kills them half the time. There's and look what we do to dogs. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but like dumbass dog. <laughs> there, there are even times when essentially the universe fucks up in yeah. evolution. It, there's no by no well, means are we ever going to evolve towards something perfect. Yeah. We're always going to be changing, and we can strive to be more perfect. But I don't. There, it's like a fucking. There's constantly ups. Is there's as many ups as there are downs with evolution. Yeah, yeah I think it's in terms of like society, we're always trying to aim towards a greater goal. And we try to keep the pros and cons of all these different decisions and everything in check. We say, well, this is a good system. Let's keep doing it. This is a bad system. Let's try to find a solution for it. Mm. And in general, we're, you know, maybe something that we do is a bad decision. Maybe something that we do is a good decision, but we can see the effects of it later on down the line. So mm. something like, I don't know, capitalism nowadays, we clearly see the uh, negative as. uh, the effects of it today in our society. But back no, in the 50s, <laughs> I love capitalism. <laughs> you know, back in the 50s, bring it's child labor a, back. <laughs> <laughs> so, but see, that's my point though, yeah. is like back in the industrial uh, revolution, that was like, it was the best thing ever because no one had any idea of anything better. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even in the 50s, um, the 1950s, it was like still a great thing because of how prosperous our economy was. I still think don't say it. <laughs> that child employment employment 
is a good idea. <laughs> I don't, but I, I don't, don't, but obviously child forced labor is bad, but yeah. the idea of being, the idea of being able to get yourself into a work ethic at like such a young age is actually pretty neat. Well, I mean, when I, I was don't, 16, I don't, think, I don't think the kids were forced into labor per se. It's just that I, there were no other, there yeah, were there, no educational opportunities for them. Yeah. There was like, if they didn't work, their kids or their parents would starve. Like, yeah, but I think like opportunities are important. So, you know, just to, just to say on the, the child labor ideas is just like, if say like a child could get like a fucking a job just like bussing tables or some mm -hmm. shit at like 14 it makes sense it shouldn't be illegal to you know you know basically make this kid work under the table and you know if, if anything goes wrong it's completely like well, under the table is fucking, illegal but I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying yeah. that but they have to work under yeah the table. because it's illegal yeah so that in that kind of sense, I would consider that child labor, but someone working at like an actual employment, like you said, the term employment, I think is important here because if you're paying somebody to do a job, you can't underpay them just because they're younger. You know, mm -hmm. I don't think that's necessarily right because they're putting themselves out there in the, in the corporate world or like the business world to do a job early. You can easily just choose not to. Yeah. I mean, I started working when I was 16. And, uh, you know, you're still a kid back then. Mm -hmm. And I was making minimum wage, which I guess is fine. But the thing is, like, uh, you know, in today's society, we think that people shouldn't be earning that kind of wage. And it's like, why not? That's the whole point of getting a job early was meant to like the, the idea of teenage labor is meant to be like you're starting early, which is a good thing for you because then you can you get have more money. Yeah. yeah. So when you're 18 or when you decide to move out or you decide to go to college, you have this extra money. Mm -hmm. But now we've taken that for granted or I guess the not taking it for granted corporations and, you know, biz, big business capitalism in general has taken that for um uh, there just hasn't I, been wage growth so yeah because of uh it's basically it's essentially policy uh like child labor now anyways because there's really no difference we were paying them shit back then we're paying them like shit now and that's extended mm -hmm. to even adults because there's a whole mindset of people being like uh, pay if to, you work to, at, or the uh the paycheck to paycheck yeah Ryan said people think <laughs> that that's perfectly okay and it's like that's the whole the point of minimum wage you know, by the person who fucking created it was to say that, uh, you know, everyone has the ability to you know, grow their own them. wealth, mm -hmm. will live off this wage. But now since it has grown so, um, it, it's basically been stagnated since it was created. It's like, there's, it's basically lost all of its meaning. It doesn't actually mean anything now. Yeah. The, uh, there's been an evolution in, in the, like the mindset of that, where that instead of, instead of having minimum wage, uh, you live comfortably with your essentials. It's now you are living by the bare essentials. Yeah, you're living by the skin of your teeth, essentially. And, and it's it's kind of ridiculous how we've, uh, I don't know, we, we have dehumanized, you know, corporation and, you know, big money. We've dehumanized the act of labor. We yeah. don't, we don't think it's necessary anymore until, I mean, it's, it's a huge conservative talking point where like the idea of minimum wage is not for people trying to grow wealth. It's for teenagers trying mm -hmm. to, but like a majority of the workers in America are minimum wage workers. That's where a majority of the jobs are. Yeah. So. I mean, like, it's not like teenagers are self uh, included by, you know, a couple of years, but it's not like that. We don't wish to work. 
It's that we wish to work in more meaningful ways than what's provided to us. <laughs> and so that's why we pursue through education. That's why we try to uh, climb the fucking job ladder. Mm -hmm. It's we want to do more meaningful work to provide ourselves with more fulfillment, but also by extension, the world around us will prosper through us as well because we provide this service, this work. Yeah. And so it's, it's fucking ridiculous the fact that uh, we have to basically fucking grind ourselves into like these jaded beings just <laughs> who to just work all the time. Yeah. Who just work all the time in order to, first of all, live it, it, it removes us from the ability. It, it removes the empathy from us. Essentially. Mm -hmm. it, we, we are then forced to work in more selfish means because we are trying to live. Yeah. Whereas we don't have the ability to give a fuck about anyone else. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if, if a job is paying you handsomely to do a job, you're going to want to do that job in to its fullest extent. Yeah. You mm -hmm. can get more out of it or you, you might just want to keep the job. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, it's so easy to get a minimum wage job. All you have to do is, I mean, there's certain things like you have to have uh, a lot of like government documents, which is always pretty tough to get, which is why homeless people have such a tough time actually finding a job. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the concept of people being like, oh, why are you homeless? Just get a job. It's so like, <laughs> it's so, I've heard Just so many get people. get a house. Yeah. I mean, it's so silly that people say shit like that because they don't homeless? understand. Find a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Those are nice and warm in the winter. If you, if you, uh, I should probably redact the statement that it's easy to get a minimum wage job, but it's easier to get a minimum wage job than something that can actually pay you a livable wage. Yeah. Because the, you know, back to the original point, like the point of minimum wage is to be able to, you know, it's propel to be accessible. you. It's, yeah. yeah, it's supposed to be accessible, but it's also supposed to be, um, it's supposed to allow you to basically live in a society, but yeah. now we have to have two or three jobs mm -hmm. just to make it by. Yeah, not to not to like completely change the topic, but have you guys like narrowed down your careers uh, of like what you want to do within your like career the choice problem, essentially? The problem with my degree particularly is that I have a wide range of as a computer engineering major, it's like I get a lot of software, so I know a lot of programming languages. I have a lot of like IT and networking experience, mm -hmm. so I can be like uh, someone who works at like a um, like a data center or something that is more interconnected like the network engineer but then i also have a lot of hardware and like physics and electric uh, electric circuits and electronics uh experience so i can basically do a lot of different things but at like an entry level mm -hmm. which is kind of a problem for my degree because i am not gonna be able to do something i'm not gonna be able to get hired into a position that's you know maybe great for me right out of college i'm probably gonna have to do an entry level or like an internship for a while i mean that's like that's kind of the norm though you know what i mean it, like it's very unlikely unless you're unless you're going in for um, something like highly specialized, but even if you're doing that, like a lawyer or an actuary or something like that, I know that mm -hmm. doesn't apply to yours, but just like in specialized, general, yeah. yeah, specialized educations, like even those jobs, you're going to be in at like an entry level, you know, and mm -hmm. there's potential for wage growth beyond that. You know, it's just kind of like, that's just what happens, you know? But even those jobs are starting to pay like 15 an hour. And it's like, bro, I'm, I got a really? college degree. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the internships and entry-level jobs oh, I'm in seeing. Internships yeah. for sure. I don't know about uh, I've, been, I've, been I've seen a lot, lot of entry-level jobs that really? are just like, 
15 an hour. I heard uh, there was like two conversations I've heard just since the start of the semester where people are like, yeah, I'm starting at this job, but it's like paying me like dog shit, 10 an hour, 11 an hour. That's it's really like, dumb. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah I, I love seeing the like the school emails like, oh, you know, check out these these positions. And it's like only one of them ever said like, oh, you get paid 20 an hour. All of them are just yeah, like, all, all of them are just unlisted. like, it's just like paid. I'm like, oh, what does that mean? $2 an hour. I mean, it can't legally, but you know, same thing. With internships, can't it? Because you can have no, unpaid internships. Can't you, can you have, have unpaid, unpaid internships? internships. I've seen reverse paid internships yeah, that, that is paid to work. It's, that's when I want to say the R-slur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's when you start to back us in a corner. But uh, I mean, that kind of shit, it's, it's, you know, going back to the minimum wage thing, it's all causation by the minimum wage and the social norm that we have with the idea of minimum wage, where it's like, if people are okay with making seven fifteen an hour, why should we have to pay them so much more if it's just an internship yeah. or just an entry level job? It's, it's kind of the situation where it, it hurts higher le- or higher paying and higher education jobs uh, down the line, because then people who are making, um, because, you know, minimum wage jobs are still a lot of work. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people who do these kinds of, uh, cause I've had a lot of minimum wage jobs too. And like working on code or whatever is much easy work. It's a little bit, you know, higher thinking, but it's a lot less manual labor. And oh, I would yeah. much rather do something that doesn't require me to sell my soul <laughs> every day and be super tired yeah. when I come home. Yeah. Can't, but there's we like, can't take for granted though, the, the labor jobs though, too, because those, those, uh, those jobs, like even if you're going to like carpentry, it requires a lot of higher level thinking as well. And yeah, I, like, I should specify that. Yeah, there is yeah, a lot of high carpet, level thinking. Carpentry is not a minimum wage job. Oh, yeah. No, like you get you get. I, I'm just saying, like well labor that. jobs themselves, yeah. not well, let's trade not, trade jobs. Yeah, trade require jobs. a lot yeah. of both. Yeah, <laughs> Let, let's. I'm, and they're I'm actually just paid to, pretty well, like plumbing. Oh and yeah, electricity, for sure, for yeah. sure, that kind of stuff. You have to be. There is a lot of levels you have to go into because still an entry level carpenter, or yeah. plumber, or electrician are still being paid kind of like dog shit. Oh, of course. But in general, it's. I mean, they're probably on par with internships that I'm getting with a college degree honestly. Maybe. Yeah. yeah um, because it, with trade jobs, you have to do like an apprenticeship, which is basically just like an internship for I, like a I minimal think, amount of years. I think a lot of those jobs are unionized though. Like they, 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 they have, are, yeah. they have more car- there's a lot of carpentry mm-hmm. unions and electrician and plumbers unions. And I mean, so there's benefits to those trades because yeah, of that very yeah. reason. And that, cause like, I remember talking to, um, Anthony, uh, big Anthony from high school. Anthony. I know who yeah. he is. Yeah. Um, and he's doing like a construction <laughs> thing. And I talked oh, to him yeah, a while okay. ago and he was talking about getting like 25 an hour on his first yeah. job and, um, and him you, having you like full benefits lucky. and everything. Yeah. But I mean, it's not even luck, you know, it took a lot of hard work and it's like, it, oh, yeah, of course. It, well, it's like, hard work. It's the hard work to set yourself up for opportunities yeah. like that. Yeah. I don't, I don't mean to, you know, uh, the idea of like unskilled labor being minimum wage labor is kind of just bullshit because someone who works in an office all day would hate their lives trying to work in like a fast food chain. Because oh, yeah. the amount of, the amount of management skills and the, the amount of multitasking skills are probably something that they don't even have. But we view that as unskilled labor because it's uh, minimum wage or it's something that's low paid, which is kind of a, a negative feedback loop for those kinds of jobs. Because it's saying that they're paid like shit, so they probably are shit jobs. Mm. But like I said earlier, that's feeding into a lot of these uh, jobs that require a college degree or like an, an associate's degree. So it's like, what is the point? Like, where are we getting to? We're basically just saying that it's okay to pay anybody nothing. <laughs> I mean, as, as long as, as everything is like provided, I don't think I would mind working for free because it's just like, it's what do you mean everything, everything provided? Yeah. Cause well, it, that means like you're getting stuff out of it. It, it. Exactly what it means. Like say we work ourselves into a society where that, you know, we can, 
essentially we have we have to <laughs> we have to create a world that we can create matter you know but it, that's it, quite literally communism right it, yeah pretty much is and you work for the idea of serving that amenity because everyone else also is serving another amenity i mean yeah but i mean i'm okay with that but there's also a lot of like checks and balances with communism like, I'm, in like i said that only works if we have created a, a society where we can essentially just create matter where there are no limited resources to divvy up to you know yeah. a certain amount of people just start or printing really, everything yeah just start printing money <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that's, that's the all idea. our problems are solved that's kind of the central idea behind something like a ubi a universal basic income where it's a little bit more communal <laughs> i thought that was like some medical thing it's like <laughs> I, 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 I got my ubi <laughs> God damn it. I'm, I'm on these meds now. <laughs> Urinary bullshit infection. <laughs> From listening to all this fucking right wing. <laughs> but I think something like that could be pretty good. It's not, you know, necessarily hardcore communism, but it's something that is a little bit more, uh, you know, dependent on society. It's, it's like giving people, it, it's basically the alternative to making minimum wage and lower paid jobs able to support people yeah. because we're obviously not going to do that anytime mm -hmm. soon. Nobody cares about that. I mean, people care about it, but like I think the problem a universal with basic income should be the actual minimum wage where it is. You are. That's the whole point of yeah, it. You are so far. That is the bare essential yeah. right there. Not, not whatever the a minimum wage job should be living comfortably where a universal basic income would be. These are the essentials. Yeah. If you're going to privatize things like electricity, plumbing, water, things that are, you know, essentially basic necessities nowadays you're gonna have to provide that in a very uh i don't even know how to describe it like we need better infrastructure you need for everything a, you it has to be like True. a very low entry level to be able to afford these kinds of things like housing and shit it's like if we're gonna have these things be like essential to life why not make them essential Mm -hmm. I'm making them a luxury yeah well i think um you know there's just like a lot of lobbying that goes into you know like oh we want it would be better, more efficient for this company to be privatized rather than nationalized or whatever. Only thing I'm lobbing is grenades in front of these <laughs> fucking... In front of these fucking pipelines. <laughs> Destroy <laughs> infrastructure. Nobody can have it. <laughs> that probably shaped a lot of people's mindsets. You become a, a, a utility terrorist. An, e an eco-terrorist. An eco-terrorist. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> there's, there's literally... <laughs> yeah, oh, no. I think it was like the Atlantic or the New Yorker or something. One of those. That's a joke, by the way. <laughs> They, no, it's not. They literally, <laughs> it was literally an article that said how to blow up a pipeline. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Attract the sharks to the global internet line. <laughs> <was, laughs> like, okay. You're commanding your fucking Aquaman. Yeah, email Aquaman and ask him. Aquaman, please. You got to do this one solid, man. I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just strap bombs to the dolphins, bro. It'll be good. <laughs> Suicide dolphins. <laughs> Don't give the military any that's ideas. Like, that's going to be in Call of Duty Advanced War. Without a doubt, it's going to be those fucking Boston Dynamics sniper dogs. <laughs> yeah, the robot. Uh, yeah, I, I saw machines. a literal video on Twitter of just like this Boston Dynamics dog, and it's got this long tube on the top of its back. I'm like, what, what the? Is that a fucking sniper rifle on a on a robo dog? That shit is so freaky. That's it's that's dystopian. the future War has changed. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I mean, oh, it, well, it's been different for a long time because of fucking like drones and nukes and shit. Yeah, but it, it's like these it's are so just, easy to do so much damage. Yeah, now. yeah. I mean, I think changing military warfare to like all being like unmanned, you know, basically robots is one of the better options that we could have taken. 
Uh, if it's robots against robots. Yeah. yeah uh, it's like if we it's can simulated fights. Yeah. yeah that's entirely <laughs> doing Ender's game. Right. <laughs> pretty then. much. Yeah. <laughs> Every I mean, war should Ender's be games real lives though on the line. Oh, was it real? Were those pe- were there people in those ships? <laughs> I, I think so. Oh, I thought that was the whole plot point. Oh, seven. Like, <laughs> they just don't tell them where it's like, yeah, you know, you're you're playing fucking video games and it's like oh, okay. it's real people that, happen. I just watched the movie, so <laughs> I think that's in the movies. Like literally, I the just climax. didn't pay attention. Okay, after Rico from Hannah Man from <laughs> Hannah Montana nasty. got no Rico <laughs> from Hannah Montana got paralyzed in Ender's Game. Spoiler alert, dude, by the like, way. Fucking smash into a sink or something? Yeah, like that's, a ba- okay. that's Rico. Oh, shit. Have you, oh, okay. have you seen uh, Hannah Montana? I haven't seen Ender's Game. Oh, okay. <laughs> have you but seen yeah. Hannah Montana? I've totally seen okay. Hannah Montana. Yeah, re- the actor who plays Rico is in that, and he gets fucking paralyzed. Dude, Rico Nasty gets paralyzed <laughs> from Hannah Montana. On Ender's Game. <laughs> no, Rico, <laughs> Nasty. Rico Nasty gets paralyzed in Hannah Montana. In and Ender's Game. And featured in Ender's Game. <laughs> God. It's a callback to Hannah Montana where he dies. All <laughs> yeah. war should be fought in League of Legends. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, that would probably make everyone way more nationalistic. <laughs> just, PTSD just, would be worse. <laughs> yeah, we'd, we'd have way more mental health problems we associated with lo- the military. We lost the war against Iran and my brother came back talking about mid. <laughs> <laughs> my brother ran it down mid that was the last time I ever saw him he hasn't been the same we'd probably have to boost uh, VA assistance to that VA assistance <laughs> ATM machine we'd have to boost VA at, the, at some point no all veterans just get challenger <laughs> they get honorary challenger the objective morality point from this entire podcast was <laughs> we should treat people like people <laughs> in robot warfare yeah robot warfare just make everything robot it's just the same thing as like the the previous podcast where I was talking about just let's just make big battle island the thunderdome <laughs> yeah where we just fight wars but just like somewhere it doesn't fucking matter that's pretty close to happening because of billionaires owning all these fucking private islands they're probably yeah. gonna, you're gonna start hunting people, people. They're gonna they probably people. already do that strap <laughs> rackets on all the islands merge them together Pangea this bitch and then we <laughs> just they, pull, they pull the land masses together to form like uh, oh, the most dangerous game island <laughs> super super killer islands yeah it's just like a Dude. bunch of people fighting robots and there's like a prize pool of two billion dollars yeah you have to actually go into that uh, it's just squid game Ooh. Oh, 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 squid game on Pangea with robots <laughs> don't give them ideas they'll do that shit I'm waiting for Battlefield 2044 to come out <laughs> you've already moved past 2042 that was such a disappointing game I am so yeah. sad well, aren't they going free to play Yo, maybe. they are. That's what I heard. But dying maybe light, though. Maybe it was I, I don't a give a fuck about bu- a battlefield. I'm, dying light, though. <laughs> I'm really excited for dying light. <laughs> what if that's too? a disappointment? So I, I've seen a lot of gameplay for it, and usually I'm pretty skeptical. Like I don't really go into a lot of uh, like I watch gameplay in a lot of yeah. games that I am interested in coming out, and they usually look. You can tell when things are a little bit more jank from like the actual gameplay. Yeah. And the thing is, gameplay came out in November about the game, and there's a lot of complaints about the game. Specifically, one being like. 
the parkour was a little bit floaty. Uh, a lot of the things that were like set up to be certain parkour moments felt like they were pretty magnetized. And I've seen gameplay most recently, like this past week that have came out. Dude, that fucking grappling hook. Oh my God. Yeah, it, it looks really <laughs> oh. cool. And it, the thing is like, they've changed the way that the game works to make it more appealing to the audience. It's oh, a lot okay. more streamlined. They actually listen to them. Yeah, yeah. crazy how that works. <laughs> yeah. How feedback actually <laughs> makes a better product. And you can see the things <laughs> in the game wild. that are like, it's not it, it, it is not a broken game if yeah. anything is wrong in the game it looks like it's just going to be like a minor bug yeah the like thing, you're trying to break the, the game developers kind of, of dying light to have created like they've created a game where that it, it looks so good that i don't give a fuck if the story <laughs> is bad i just i want to be within this open sandbox mm -hmm. yeah. of just like throwing grappling hooks slinging fucking dirty fingers at people you know it's just <laughs> I, I'm very excited to just be part of that world that they've created. Yeah. Outside of the story that might be there. Because Dying Light One story is fucking weird. It's so bullshit. I like, like the story, but it was Dude, you was, literally uh, just drop in there. It's like, we want you to destroy the fucking vaccine containers. Like, got it. Why? <laughs> it's like okay. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, they didn't really talk about the overarc. I feel like they could have done with a more uh overarching storyline. Like, why is Kyle Crane even there? Or like yeah. what is he doing there? But I think the midway through the story all of a sudden has a conscious. It's like it, it doesn't make sense. I think they should have made more character development in that case so it would make sense to do that. I think it was a good storyline that was kind of uh, jank yeah, in terms yeah. of the actual... Uh, I don't know how to describe it. But in terms of actual employment of that storyline, it kind of just didn't they just, pan out. They just didn't do enough expose. Yeah, they yeah, probably, like the they probably just sunk a lot of time into their world and, to <laughs> yeah. their, uh, and into their like mechanics and stuff. And it's, it's just a cool a world. Yeah. It's, it still works. You created a really good game. Yeah. But yeah, your story was a little bit lackluster. And if it's, I mean, it makes, it establishes the narrative that Dying Light 2 should have good world and mechanics. Mm -hmm. And anything that is better than the first Dying Light in terms of story is an improvement. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, because it's all set in the same universe. So there, there's definitely yeah, like They get the same voice actor for Kyle Crane to be <laughs> some new random dude. <laughs> it's a different guy. It's a, it's a different guy. Yeah. Why'd they, why do you do the exact in same one of the, voice? In one of the trailers. Literally right? one of the trailers. I swear it sounds like the exact no, same. No, it's the exact same fucking dude. I swear to God. I know they sound if they, similar. If they didn't, they're like, when they're casting, it's like, I want you to be the first <laughs> character. <laughs> do your best Crane impression. <laughs> it's like, okay. okay. So, no, it's a completely different dude. Is it? Is yeah. How do they manage they to make do, him sound, they sound the exact the same. fucking same? You can hear it in a lot of the voice lines. He does have a different timbre, like the way he talks and everything. Mm. Who gives a fuck? It's gonna sound the almost the exact same. <laughs> yeah, because the That's voice like, actor oh, Kyle Crane's older this time. The voice actor for Kyle Crane is Roger Craig Smith, and then the voice actor for Aiden. Uh, Aiden, I don't, what is Aiden his last name? Brown. Aiden, Aiden Crane. For Aiden. <laughs> just, voice actor for Aiden, Aiden Dying Light 2 is Jonah Scott. Aiden Dying Light 2. Jo Jonah Hill is... Jonah Scott. <laughs> Jonah, Jonah Hill voices Aiden Scott, dude. The thing is, I did have the same uh, perception. I was like, they sound pretty similar, yeah. but they're, they are two completely different dudes. So I'll be honest, I don't remember finishing the Dying Light story. We literally beat it together. <laughs> I don't remember. Literally. I'm pretty sure Crane Dies. <laughs> Crane dies, right? Uh, Here's no. the thing. He doesn't die in the main. Well, it, it's, fucking it's fucking five years old. Million dog years old, dude. <laughs> uh, but Kyle Crane doesn't die in the original. He dies in the DLC. Oh, where, okay. So the whole thing was that he got infected with the zombie virus at the ending of the first one, but he got cured. But then he gets infected Zombrex? again in the fucking DLC, and then he just turns into a, a mutant. Okay. okay, good for him. 
Good for and him. That, that's the whole, that's the whole reason why the infection spread outside of Haran is because he took some like underground pipeline and like was infected outside the city. And so he's actually the reason the infection spread. Oh my else. God. Dude. I mean, it ties in. It's yeah. <laughs> kind of funny. Also, something that's super interesting about the DLC of that game is that the, uh, the, uh, the mutants, the new zombie strain is that way. They were like sentient and intelligent during the day, but during the night they turn into feral beings. Mm. So that might come up in Dying Light 2. That's kind of, that's I'm pretty cool. looking forward to I that a little bit. if Crane will make an appearance then. Maybe. Because if, if he's like a mutant dude. No, it's like a it's billion years It's 20 years, years after. Oh, that. really? It's 20 years after uh, the... Uh, well, he could still be alive. No. He, he, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. He's probably like a, like a 40 or you're, 50 year old zombie. Yeah. You're telling me Super God Crane, the best free runner in the world, is gonna be, you know, like a boss or something? <laughs> you, get, you get into a, a chase. <laughs> there's no way. No. Who would do that? There's a chase sequence and there's just one zombie that's hauling ass <laughs> after you. You're like... <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> He's like, I'm Kyle Crane. <laughs> <laughs> fucking it's running me, at full Kyle sprint. Yeah. <laughs> the only statement that I really Every have <laughs> for like what I've seen from Dying Light 2 is that it looks like they've fleshed out the combat more to be less. It's it's less of like a hack and slash. They got rid of guns in the game. Yeah, so I think like, it's a good move. Yeah, I think it's honestly a good move. Okay, because because it's like the whole like, like I mean, there are no bows. There's yeah, no there's still long yeah. range weapons. There's but. just there's no like weapons manufacturers or anything. So I think the idea is that like all the guns by this time are pretty much gone. Their idea behind the combat is more 20 years. All guns being gone, though, with no one even like keeping maintenance. That's kind of well, think about how hard society collapses after that, you know? Dude, how hard society collapses and then how important it is to keep and maintain weapons then? Well, it's yeah. like how many people know the profession of maintaining that shit? Imagine how many people the died people off who, knowing that now. The knowledge. people who do know that are probably well respected and kept Much very close. I mean, it's probably just like, uh, <laughs> you know, keeping lore in context, it's probably just like, it's so sparse in the universe that you're probably not going to find. Oh, yeah. Them, like so there's this no place doesn't have a weapons guy where yeah. it's like, oh, big city up north has weapons, dude. Yeah, maybe. Well, the places that you go to are supposed to like fucking like, Metro 2033. That makes sense. Okay. It's it's like the idea of Everywhere. They, they center the idea around like a modern medieval ages where like a lot of the weapons that, that they're using are way more makeshift. Less like just tying a blade to a gun. Road or, sign or not helmet. a gun. A fucking bat. <laughs> You're holding a fucking pistol. Ha, yeah. Have at you. So there's a lot more focus on things that aren't necessarily weapons. Like there's consumables. Sword. There's a lot more throwables. Mm. There's more traps laid in place. You're playing with your environment more. There's That's parrying cool. and shit. I'm yeah. excited for sword. Sword <laughs> knife, <laughs> yeah, the the what pipe? <laughs> ah, yeah, it's my favorite rebar, <laughs> plank, <laughs> yeah, board, yeah, hammer, board on fire, <laughs> poison hammer. I don't know. Yeah, I it's a lot I'm, of that. The game's just shit. dying light. I mean, I mean <laughs> it's basically just dying light. When it's you think the same about it. fucking studio. It's like saying a Battlefield 2042 is just Battlefield 2. <laughs> but like in the future. Yeah. <laughs> but in 42. <laughs> it's, um, I don't know. I think, I think I'm excited for it. There's you like, think? I think, yeah. I, I put a lot Are of thought sure? into it and deliberation and I'm thinking that I'm kind of excited for yeah, it. I'm kind of, I, I've been de debilitated a lot <laughs> over, <laughs> over my thoughts. The one thing, the one complaint that I have about the game is it seems it's like bad. a lot of the, it's horrible. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It seems like it has the same like kind of lack of uh, extreme polish that really? uh, Dying Light had where there's really? like, um, well, I it's think like there's can, a lot of polish in a lot of areas. 
Yeah, I think the the sandbox aspect is really fun because of how unpolished it can be. Like you can basically take out an entire encampment of people by drop kicking them off high (laughs) ledges. You saw that fucking video? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, the the video of the dude who's literally like raiding a bandit outpost and he's literally just <laughs> jump kicking. <laughs> yeah, it's a, like that kind of stuff is really fun. I think it's the change of like realism and polish. Well, it's still kind of realistic because you can just push people off of high. Yeah, I kind of positions. fear myself in that environment. You're gonna fall off. No, no. <laughs> Where that I will attempt to optimize the fun out of the game. Because, I mean, it's really fun to well, do that. I mean, it is yeah. really fun to do that mechanic, but like. I will go out of my way to essentially cheese the game. You know, just I I know myself well enough that I'm afraid of that happening. They're going to probably nerf the kick because I feel like they it it's very abusable. Just add NPCs that can grab onto ledges and then you'll be fine. Or just make some resistant to falling. Oh, because they ragdoll off. Yeah, Yeah, or or like um, if you just like spam jump kick on a particular enemy too many times, they're like, okay, I understand what you're doing and they could dodge it or something like that. That's dumb. (laughs) There is dodging. So you may just get fucked and fall off the edge. But that's just uh, it's like a grander idea at play there because it's it's like mechanics that are really fun at play. But you lose a little bit of that polish and realism Hmm. because it's like, how do you you take it a more linear route? Here's the thing that uh, I think a lot of game companies don't understand where that you can have the the true realism versus a realistic uh, like you have realism versus a realistic experience where like you have something like red dead 2 which t- takes the realistic approach uh or well, what is the difference between them so the um, i think I was getting to that comparison, like realistic but you have red dead 2 which takes the the realism aspect where it's you are literally just like a human ragdoll that's propelled by your fucking limbs and stuff and everything that interacts with that ragdoll is you know like at play with the physics and stuff and it's like oh horses can topple over that ragdoll is like (laughs) physics simulated versus the uh like realism kind of thing or it might be flipped i don't fucking know but i'm going under this uh just the guy yeah but the the realism aspect where it's like you have these realistic aspects of the game but you don't want it to detract from the experience so you purposely kind of look over a couple things where it's like oh you might ragdoll off an edge but you know instead of like killing you on the fall from like a 10 foot drop because you hit your head you just take a lot of damage Mm -hmm. you know it's that kind of thing where it's like you're willing to overlook a lot of things that would fuck you up in real life for the sake of more enjoyment in the overall system where it's like you're not really going to notice like these few things gone because it's convenient I yeah. think I think what I would because I think uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 falls in the more the way that I was thinking about it when you said realism versus realistic I would say Red Dead Redemption 2 was a very uh, a game that took into account a lot of realism mm-hmm. meaning like you know you can interact with everyone there yeah. are random events that happen but there are parts and, of that game that like detract from the overall experience like because what? you have to go through it, it just there's the downtime elements of like you have these beautifully animated scenarios of Arthur Morgan opening up a drawer. Oh, okay, you know, it's yeah. just like, okay, you he opens yeah. up a drawer, you have to loot this one, open up the cupboard. It's just That's you fair. have all these things that detract from the overall experience, and despite being beautifully done, mm-hmm. it just it slows down your roll to like a fucking snail pace for the sake of this beautiful animation that you've created. And it it just, it takes away from the overall experience because although it is impressive, seeing it a 
billion times really like starts digging a sizable chunk of your time. Yeah. So you're not spending more time doing fun things. You're spending more time doing the a realism. bunch of things that are like just fucking too realistic. Yeah. I don't want to be here all the time. I don't want to see me skin a rabbit for the eighth time, you know, and just see it happen. I kind of want to just like <laughs> yeah. yeah, done. Rather yeah. than seeing Arthur like, oh, I have to t- fucking cut this deer in half. Oh, I got to <laughs> peel off the skin. Oh, I, I got to tie up this fucking corpse. Like, because I've been replaying Red Dead Redemption I know. too. And I, I know. <laughs> Brown and the, the, um, I don't know. I love the animations that, and no, everything I'm not that to they say, do. I'm yeah. not saying that it's it's a bad, bad yeah. choice. I'm saying that it you it, lose it, something. You in lose. It. Yeah. It, there's a trade off with yeah, that. Yeah, that's fair. Because I, I think um, what's it called? Yeah, there aren't a ton of like there aren't like because uh, like when I was thinking of realism versus realistic, I would put like Red Dead Redemption two in the realism category, and then realistic, I'd put something like Arma three or Arma two, where <laughs> yeah, it's like there, a literal are, simulation. It you is know? a simulation. There's a lot of convenient aspects where like Arma instead of oh I have to take off my clothes. Well, yeah, Arma you just drag time, it, just click like, it off. Yeah. <laughs> But at the, at the same time, you like don't you like manually reload magazines and stuff? Yeah, there's or, some there's yeah. some stuff like that. But yeah, there it, there is a point like it's just those concessions that you're willing to take within a game yeah. that are kind of important. And I don't know, like I, I don't think realism or, or or I don't think something uh being realistic like for Dying Light two or dying light in general like as a franchise i don't think it matters no because it, you're it's it, a fucking it's a zombie game, game and you're doing, realistic you're doing parkour place. yeah in a and it's made to be a little world. bit more like a sandbox yeah. game in general i think there's an important distinction between what type of game it is as well because if something like gta had a lot of the <clears throat> the same kind of detail that like uh, red dead redemption does it's like people would hate that game because the main point of it is to do whatever the fuck you want fly a jet and like crash into some dude <laughs> just driving his car or some shit like well, that. you hit the ejector well, seat and then die again i don't think that's necessarily true because like uh, like you can still do anything you want in red dead 2 it's just like alex said like for like looting dudes or looting shit there's sometimes more animations and i think but like the things you can do in red dead uh redemption are a little bit more realistic like riding a horse is not like driving a fucking bike jet and flying off into the sky oh well yeah like the thing but first of all like none of that shit was in the gta story mode you know no, I mean? yeah, I know. Like that, that just, was all in but multiplayer. But I'm saying like in multiplayer, imagine if you were doing well, all these things. Well, like in multiplayer Red Dead Redemption, you can ride a fucking bull or like a fucking zebra. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the, they, the point I was trying to make shit. with that Red Dead Redemption 2 argument was that I, I'm not trying to say that the that the realism is like, oh, you know, you're taken away from the like the, the, experience. the experience with the with the looting and stuff. I'm saying that there there comes a point when there are too many systems at play that you kind of clutter your own system. What about Project Zomboid? Project Zomboid is a a game with the intent of having all those systems. But that's my point. Because it's like those kinds of games are have like a different aspect to them. Something like Red Dead Redemption is made to be... So like a spectrum here is like... Uh, Grand Theft Auto obviously is way more ridiculous and not super realistic. Mm-hmm. While Red Dead Redemption, <laughs> probably not as realistic as Project Zomboid, is a little bit closer to Project Zomboid in terms of its realism. So oh, it yeah, wants okay. you to be able to, I mean, maintaining a gun in Project Zomboid is super, it's a huge hassle. So fucking dumb. You got to reload the clip manually. You have to make sure you have the correct bullets, the correct magazine. You have to, the gun can be jammed sometimes. Yeah, Imagine if that happened in GTA, you'd be like, Bro, fuck this shit. Yeah. But in Project Zomboid, it's fun because of that aspect. Mm-hmm. I literally spent six hours organizing our fucking base. <laughs> I'm so, yeah, we need to play again. I'm so mad that we haven't played yet. <laughs> 
I don't think see, oh, yeah. I don't think Project Zomboid is like a good game to stream unless you have like a certain intent in mind because Project Zomboid is all about like setting up there's a lot of busy work survival. Yeah. there is a lot of busy work where it's like oh I'm just sitting here reading a book for three hours and in multiplayer it's, not- it's harder to get away with because you can't fast forward those times where like oh I'm reading a book mm-hmm. where in single player just like and like six days pass by I'm hungry and I'm dying <laughs> although I will say uh, fucking Moon Moon he streams Project Zomboid sometimes and it's entertaining as fuck oh, just yeah. because he's entertaining you yeah. know what I mean and I think if you get like a good party of people together you know there's like there's banter that happens there's jokes you know there's mm-hmm. fucking whatever or you could use it to fucking react to content while you're just doing shit in Zomboid you know what I mean like there, but, there are ways to stream it in a good way yeah there is but like I feel like it, it's harder to appeal to like say a an audience who isn't already familiar with Project Zomboid. Like you can watch Project Zomboid and make and you know what's going on. You understand mm-hmm. the the like the workflow yeah. that goes into the game. Also, Moon Moon has like he plays a lot of obscure games. Like mm-hmm. he played Kenshi and oh, oh, a dude, lot of I other fucking, shit. I love Kenshi, but I really? fucking hate Kenshi. Yeah, it's a <laughs> tough fucking game. It's, such it's a, brutal. It's such a dumb fucking game. You're, you're like you're traveling to another city. You get attacked by an animal. All of a sudden, slavers come in, and I'm fucking working <laughs> yeah. my ass off in <laughs> <Yeah>. some camp. <laughs> like, then, it's fucked up, dude. I watched this one video where it was literally a an armless, legless oh, start. Of Solo? Yeah. yeah, ambiguous amphibious. Solo. Yeah, that's what he named his character. Short Solo. Oh my god! And, uh, <laughs> it's just so fucking ridiculous. Like he literally, the majority of the fucking playthrough, he was like literally just, just crawling, crawling on his face, on like to another city, and then he got captured by slavers or something. Oh my no, god! He, he didn't. didn't he got he got captured, and then like some freak accident happened to the slavers. He was free, and he was able to waddle his way back to <laughs> back to society. Oh my god! I, I love that whole playthrough i've never seen that game i have to look it up it's now. such a it's, dumb it's, game it's pretty cool but it's like it's um you know it's a a, a top, stat grinder game it, yeah you, there's a lot of grinding and there's some base building it's like a whole like rpg you just like create your first or okay. you create your character and your backstory and everything and then you just launch into this world it feels okay. like an indie game it's okay. it's an indie game <laughs> yeah it, what, what big studio I, would have I, made I don't know. <laughs> i'm just saying it, it it feels like an indie game. Cause oh, it's a okay. it's a small game. It's not like you're gonna be. It's not like it's super beautiful or anything. It's actually yeah. it doesn't look very good. But um, wow, I, I, mean, I mean, it doesn't. It plays yeah, really. It, it plays really nice. Yeah, it Project looks Zomboid like shit. Doesn't look yeah, that good. No. Well, I, honestly, I think I think Project Zomboid it has an art style. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not bad, but no, like yeah. it's not you know graphically. Yeah, no, it's not fidelitous. like high fidelity. Yeah, but like it, games don't need to be high fidelity to like look good. You know what I mean? Like I think Project Zomboid is a low poly game, but I still think it looks good because it uses its art style. I like, think it makes min- sense. Like Minecraft, like Minecraft doesn't look good in the conventional sense. Well, but it it can have very pretty moments just by uh, the art style that it has. But I think that comes down to something a little bit deeper versus like the art style in general. Because I think something like uh, Project Zomboid, while I think it fits, mm-hmm. I don't think it's, you know, it's uh, super artistic yeah. or pretty. Yeah, Something like Minecraft is still very simplistic, but there's a certain art to it that makes it look, you know, special in, in its own way, which yeah. is, I think, apart from, or I think it's a part of Minecraft's insane uh, popularity. Yeah. And it also probably depends on um, the type of game that you're wanting to make, because in all honesty, you know, it, things aren't supposed to be pretty in Project Zomboid. Yeah, you like know, what aspect are you yeah. trying yeah. to focus on? Which is why I said it, I think it yeah. works still. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, Ken- Kenshi just has like, it's very kind of like, uh, like low poly, like, assets from like 2007 like that's kind of what it feels like 
but it's still good. It's still fun. Mm-hmm. It's made like really early Unreal Engine. Kind is of it thing. really Unreal? I mean, no, that's what. Oh, it that, that's like. what it. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, that was a podcast. Game. Yeah, for joining us. GG guys. <laughs> that was us. <laughs> that was me. That was I. Me. We. Shut up. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm heading out. Weast. <laughs> 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 <laughs>